0: Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we worked in the stigma of failure in an industry systemically designed for you to fail. Join us as we dive into the real-life stories of survivors, experts, and advocates to debunk the common myths and fallacies of cults, scams, and multi-level marketing. Hey HunBots and HunBros, we are back with a new episode and uh, it's a juicy one. It's like a MLMT, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened. And we have some receipts. So if you're interested in seeing the receipts, those will be on the IG post Um, on Instagram. You'll be able to swipe through all kinds of like juicy information about doTERRA and tax fraud and all kinds of interesting stuff that you're gonna learn about in this episode. It's a really great episode. No worries about content warnings. But what we do dive into a little bit is um, something that we affectionately call bankroll privilege. And it's something that happens a lot in MLM, especially in a fake it till you make it sort of atmosphere where the people that are watching you don't really realize that you might have um, some independent wealth or a really great job on the back end or a spouse that's sort of funding your entire pyramid scheme stint. So a lot of people don't realize that. And so when there are people telling you that you can do it too they're not always giving you all of the information which we've learned. So we go into that in this episode and then also in the next episode it sort of comes up as well. It's just very interesting that it came up so many times and because of that I decided to do some IG polls. I was very interested in what you guys had to say. So I did these IG polls. I will also put this on Instagram if you want to look. So the initial post that I shared was from not your basic boss babe. And it was a picture, it was on on their stories that said, they don't tell you that the people at the top already had the income to support the lifestyle. Again, bankroll privilege, right? Uh, So I asked, did you have bankroll privilege when you were doing your MLM? And 41% said yes, which I thought was really interesting. That's a pretty large subset of people to know that they have a secondary income that they can fall back on. So then I was curious and I asked about people that were in the top 5% of MLM and how much bankroll privilege they had. So I asked the question, if you were in the top five of your MLM, did you have a spouse with a bankroll? Only 25% of the people that responded were actually in the top 5% of their MLM. Of that 25%, 10% said yes and 15% said no. It's still interesting to me that a good portion of people in the top five had a spouse with a bankroll that maybe was never mentioned. So then my next question was, thinking back to the bankroll, how did you fund your MLM? Okay, so 46% of people said that they had a job that paid the majority of their MLM purchases. 20% said they had a spouse that paid the majority of their MLM purchases, 12% said that they were in a space where the MLM sort of funded itself. What they were spending is what they were making and it sort of was very cyclical. And then 22% of people chose other and I said, hey, if you have an other, let me know what it is. And so here are the responses on the Instagram question that I posted. Someone said, I racked up a ton of credit card debt five years later and some of it is still in collections. Another person said, I was teaching fitness and it was a wash because I was told to put all of my money into my MLM because I would never make it as a fitness instructor. Another person said credit card. Someone else said life insurance. Another person said credit card. Someone else said a coworker talked them into it and they didn't know that they would be in their downline and they were disgusted. Someone said that they used their savings account and then the MLM eventually ended up funding it. But once they got out of their MLM, their checks went back into their savings. Another person with a credit card, another person with a credit card. And then someone that said, I'm answering for a friend, loans of all sorts, personal loans to payday loans. And she's out all of it. Another person said savings account. Another person said credit card debt. Someone said they had two spousal incomes. So very interesting about how many people borrowed money. I also borrowed money with a credit card to do it. So just interesting things when we talk about these sort of financial episodes and where the money came from and how it sort of was hidden. It's just interesting. And I wanted to know what you guys thought too. So thank you to everybody that participated that and make sure you are following my Instagram, the real Roberta Blevins to see those things. I post a lot of stuff in my stories, but sometimes it's actually, you know, valuable information <laughs> for the podcast. <laughs> I want to welcome our newest Patreon member, Anne Kimberling. And um, there was a poll on Patreon and we are going to be doing some exclusive podcast episodes and some deeper interviews with guests coming up. So if that's something that sounds interesting to you, we have tiers that start at $5 and it would be great to have you over there. The money from the Patreon helps fund the production of the podcast. So I really, really appreciate the support. I also wanted to let you know that Kayla and I have started doing some research into some bonus episodes that are really interesting and deep and wild. You know those kind. kind. And so look for those coming up soon as well. We just started working on those, so um, they'll be in the future. I'm very excited to start doing some bonus episodes again now that I'm not traveling so much, and I have a little bit extra time to do that. Thank you so much for being here and listening. I really appreciate all of it, and I'll see you guys next week. Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. You guys, I have a really juicy story today. And you may have already heard this woman's story because she was on an episode of Danielle's podcast from Hunts to Humans, and I will throw that in the show notes. So if you guys want to listen to all of that, you can. We're not going to do too much of the backstory because the story is too juicy. We want to focus on that. but. I want to welcome to the show, Danielle Hanneman. Welcome. You were with doTERRA. We're going to talk about doTERRA. We're going to talk about some of the shady stuff that people don't know happens in doTERRA. And I just, I want to welcome you to the show. It's so nice to finally connect. It has been, we've been trying to connect for like six months and here you are and it it worked out. Everything works here out.
1: Here I am. Here yeah. we are, Roberta. We did it. <laughs> I love it. I'm so glad to be here. Super stoked. I'm so excited
0: to hear this story and to tell this story. And even before we hit record, you were like, you know what? It's okay that it took you a little bit of time for us to connect because you had extra time to process these feelings, to work through a lot of what was going on. You had just left doTERRA when you messaged me and said, I I need to tell somebody about this. And so you had a little bit of time to process, which you said was really great. And we had a conversation about processing through big feelings before actively trying to help others because sometimes if you're not completely healed you continue to break and you continue to trigger and it's it's just not a super healthy space for anybody so I'm so glad that we finally connected and that you're here and that we're going to tell this story let's start off really quick with you giving like a reader's digest version of you getting into doTERRA and some of the shady stuff that you saw before we get into the really shady stuff
1: yeah, just like the, the level one shade, the like right. entry, the, the waiting <laughs> entry pool. level what the, shade, the, the zero entry waiting pool level of shade. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, fabulous. Let's do it. Okay, so my name's Danielle. I am 34. I live in Athens, Georgia, with my husband. He works in IT for the University of Georgia. His name's Andrew, and we have two children. Eden is almost eight, Finley is six. So if you want my full chronological story go check out the From Hunts to Humans episode because Danielle and I went like real deep with family history. Like my mom signed up with a company called Shackley when I was in utero. (laughs) So like I grew up in the MLM space, almost all health and wellness stuff. My mom and I are both allergic to basically everything, dogs, cats, trees, oxygen, water. I don't know. Yeah. Anywho, so I kind of grew up watching mom, we call it serial MLMing. but then Andrew and I got married fairly young. We were 24 and both in grad school and then had a surprise pregnancy 15 months into marriage. Found out I was pregnant a week before Andrew started his first post-grad job with DFACS, which is the Department of Family and Children's Services, which I don't know if you've ever looked up salary of government foster care employees, but it ain't great kids. That's a lot yeah. of vulnerability. So my mom pounced. So I ended up actually doing MLMs more seriously. Like she, I think had been signing me and my siblings up. I'm probably enrolled. I know I'm an origami owl. I know I'm in Shackley. I'm trying to think there was a gas pill, MLM. You put the pill in oh your card. God, yes. And we, we, we did that one she sold air purifiers, probably the water stuff. I don't know. So who knows? I have not gotten 1099 for any of these. So we're not making money in them without my knowledge, but I probably have accounts. When Eden was born in 2015 and my mom was, had just started with a company called Jeunesse, Jeunesse, the fountain of youth. Okay. So she got me into that one. And at this point it was like, I have a master's in nonprofit management. My husband has a master's in social work. You'll be shocked to learn that those aren't super lucrative fields. So I was working as an administrative assistant for $11 an hour at a community college. And we were like, we can't pay childcare for me to go to work. So I stayed home. And that's wild with master's mm-hmm. degrees. Oh, yeah.
0: Like, bear- oh, my gosh, this this country means a serious
1: overhaul. Well, we could have a whole, I mean, you've talked about it, Danielle, but we could do a whole podcast just about why MLMs appeal so much to young parents. I just read an article earlier this week, Andrew sent me and it was like, more than ever, women with higher levels of education are quitting their jobs to stay home full time because childcare is at minimum like 25% of the average salary for one child. So if you have two under preschool age, that's 50% of your like, let alone guests and having a second car and occasionally eating out because you literally cannot do everything at once. So
0: And then um, there goes a whole chunk of women in the workforce that we work so hard yeah. to get. Who
1: needs them? So that's where I was. So I was young, well educated, broke as all get out, trying to figure out how we were going to like feed ourselves and a tiny human. So I did Jeunesse with my mom for a couple of months, and they are one of those MLMs that front load. So, like, there is a and the fast start, whatever, something, something, $2,000 bonus. So I was in it for three months and I earned the $2,000. We were trying to pay off. I think we just put a new air conditioning unit in our 1978 foreclosure ranch house that we (laughs) bought and fixed up ourselves. Loved it. And then it was like, I earned my $2,000 paycheck. And then the following month it was like $25. And I was like, why have I been doing that? Because you get people in with the initial bonuses and then you hit the like regular maintenance. And I was like, well, that's no longer seems worth working for. Wow. And as an aside, I'm a personal trainer and I've always been in fitness. So I've always taught, you know, I, I can pick up classes. I've taught at the YMCA and Orange Theory and Burn Bootcamp. Like, you know, so I teach a couple of fitness classes here and there, cover some extra grocery money, but MLM seemed like a viable. So we did that. And then my mom got into this first thing. And like, I don't really... I don't know, accessorize. It's not my, but she was like, I'll buy your starter kit. She really just needed warm bodies to build a pyramid as well she needed. But it was like mother-daughter time and I had a baby and I didn't have anything else to do. So, you know, the way to hang out with my mom was to sell purses. That one turned out to be an actual pyramid scheme. They were in soft launch and never fully launched. They just collected money from people and sent them purses that they said were made in the US, but that actually had little stickers in them that said made in China that we found. And then they like, just dropped all contact with everyone and when we finally looked them up they were in california they had done this like three times since 2012 or something like it was like their third soft launch of the same company with the same awful branding and i was like mom i thought you said you researched this but also on me like i didn't research it either I had a six month old and she was like i'm paying for this you're signed up let's go and i was like okay so we did that that's
0: so incredible i mean you hear about (laughs) companies like rebranding and relaunching And and we hear about these. I don't soft think they launch. ever wanted to full launch. No, of course not. You hear about these soft launch MLMs like on passive or whatever that's been going on forever that Alonda, the recovering Hunba, talks about all the time. They've still never launched. And I think she talked about it on the show two years ago and they still haven't launched and they're still collecting founders and collecting money. And it's it's it's, it's it. I I don't I don't I don't know. I just like I'm speechless.
1: Well, that goes into when like a whole nother stuff. argument against MLMs because the argument that an MLM structure is valid legitimizes these scams because it is a thing to be a founder in an MLM and blah, 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 whatever. And so it's one more tool that shysters can use to take advantage of mostly young women, you know, around the country, globe, really everywhere. So at what point did you join doTERRA? so they did the purse thing and i was like leave me out of your scams i don't i'm i am all done so at this point eden was maybe 15 months old and then i got pregnant with my second child who was either a surprise or we knew she was a possibility depending on whether you talk to me or my husband so we had two i got pregnant we were selling our first house that we had fixed up and and so there was a bunch of, like there was no time for anything else. But then we lived in a friend's basement for 8 weeks with and then had a baby, brought her back to the basement with an almost 2-year-old, moved into my current house when she was 8 days old. So we had no time for things. Somewhere around then, Finley was born in December of 2016, so January 2017. My mom started in doTERRA, with a group of people she had met when she was doing shackley so she had known one of them well known like known of the others for i mean i'm in my 30s so for at this point late 20 25 plus years she'd known known these people are known of them and so they had a group had moved... of serial mlmers correct yeah so the people who were two levels above my mom who were now two levels above me their parents were in his his parents were in shackley and were really big And then this husband and wife was big in Shackley for, again, like 20. I mean, a long time. They were like the poster children for the shakes and the drinks. Like they're on a bunch of Shackley. I think they're still on Shackley brochures, even though they left and came over to doTERRA. What is it now? Five years ago. Yeah, it's just wild. So, you know, and they did the full pitch. That was exactly what my mom wanted to hear. Like, we're coming in. We know what we're doing. We've built these bajillion, million, trillion penny, dollar companies before. We'll do it again. Join our team. We're the best. Doesn't matter what business we're doing. You want to align with us too. Also, doTERRA happens to be good. I think that was kind of the pitch. So mom mentioned doTERRA to me and I was like, pump the brakes with your serial pyramid scheme, trash cans. And I don't want to hear anything about it again. But my baby at that time had severe colic. She didn't sleep till then, through the night. And by through the night, I mean like two or fewer night wakings until she was like three and a half. She wouldn't take a bottle, wouldn't take a pacifier, had to breastfeed. And thankfully I, I was able to breastfeed both of my children. So praise the Lord for that. Cause it at least mostly calmed her down. But we popped back and forth mastitis and yeast and like, because I think because I'd been moving when she was born, we were eating out more and I'm really sensitive to sugars and yeast and stuff. I have a celiac disease and a lot of gut health issues, which again, made me a prime target for doTERRA. We'll, <laughs> we'll get into that. But anywho, so we were just exhausted. And, and so my mom kind of circled back is what happened and was like, hey, I know you don't want to like do this, no pressure, but I think some of these products might actually be helpful for you. And I was like, I don't trust your judgment. You know, wow. I
0: mean, her track record.
1: It's not great, and um, and so she was like, "Well, my upline T is coming into town. Oh, and I'm using initials for my uplines, guys, because I can't make up fake names and remember them. But I want to try to be a little conscientious about storytelling. So T is coming into town. She's doing a class at my mom's house. Will you just come to the class? You know, bring the kids. I'll hold the baby. And I was like, fine. I'll I'll come to your class. And I actually liked the DoTerra class. Like again, I was kind of a prime target for a wellness MLM. I'm allergic to literally everything. So I already don't use candles or I mean, like I get a migraine sitting in a room with a Glade plug in, not necessarily because synthetic fragrances murder everyone on the planet, but because I am allergic to them. So I have a question. Is tea
0: coming into town? Is that a big deal?
1: Well, they made it seem like it was, but they traveled all the time to do classes. So she would travel there based in Florida. My family lived in Orlando for seven years, middle and high school, but she drove up, you know, but I mean, this is kind of what you're supposed to do, right? Like take your LuLaRoe van and drive it everywhere and sell to people. So with doTERRA, it was classes, but they were regularly traveling and it was kind of like, Hey, this person who knows what they're doing is coming into town. She says she'll teach a class for us if you get at least X many bodies there, to right? Like, let the expert do the teaching and then you can make the money, basically. So I was not interested in the business, but I, again, Finley had colic. She was getting yeast infections. We were sick more in that two months than I had ever been pre-pandemic <laughs> in my life. And so just things like being able to plug in a diffuser with a little bit of peppermint oil or eucalyptus, like there are... And I mean, I was on PubMed because I was like, I don't trust anything my mom was selling. <laughs> I was like, but there are peer-reviewed articles on specific oils, lavender for calming peppermint. You know, I asked my pediatrician about it, and she gave me all the rules about how much to dilute and use with little people. So I was like, okay, I could try this. And it seemed to help as far as like diffusing things and for my allergies and respiration. And I was like, oh okay, well, that's cool. So my mom's like, well, why don't you host a class? We'll come to you. Don't worry, but just invite a few friends. So, so it steamrolled. And so I ended up in March having a class at my house. And because of just who I am, like, again, I already, people know I've got these allergies. They know that I'm pretty naturally a crunchy person. I have celiac disease and I'm allergic to artificial sweeteners. And, And I, again, I've taught like these group fitness classes and stuff for years. So I had pretty large pool of acquaintances who come to me for fitness and or nutrition advice. And I'm not a dietitian, but I'd be like, here's what I'm doing. So like, it was kind of a logical fit for me to be like, Hey, let's talk about healthy breathing. And here's some ways you can, you know, use a little deep blue oil before a workout. Like it felt very safe and logical to recommend to people.
0: Absolutely. I have crunchy friends who did doTERRA and they were crunchy by circumstance as well. I mean, choice too, but circumstance mostly. I'm allergic to this. I can't have this. This sort of stuff affects me. And so they went more natural routes. It makes complete sense. And because you are crunchy by circumstance and your family, your friends, your clients know that when you're recommending things, which MLMs love, right? They love this, that you're recommending it and all of your friends are like, well, it must work. She's literally allergic to everything. If she's using that, it must be good.
1: If Danielle's sharing it, it must be top notch because she can't go outside without almost dying. Yeah. Right. Anywho, so that's how I got into it. And I, in my head, started in March. Apparently, my mom had signed me up in February without telling me with my social, which it took me a couple years to figure out. Yeah. But I didn't think to add, you know, because she was just like, you've got a new baby. Don't worry. I'll buy you a starter kit. And she brought it to me. I didn't think to ask. Hey, when did you place this order? And how? But yeah, that comes up later in the story. But I I moved up pretty quickly. I've taught group fitness for years. I like working with people one on one or in groups. I will get obsessed about a topic, learn just about everything there is to know, and you don't have to learn it all yourself. But if you have questions, I can probably answer it. You know. So it was a good fit. So I kind of moved up the ranks. In two months, I moved to Premier, which is like their base leadership level, and then nine months, I hit Silver and. And then in 18 months, I hit gold and I pulled up uh, doTERRA's like compensation stuff, just so people have a reference if you're listening. So according to doTERRA, allegedly, if you are a silver, your average annual earning is about $25,000 a year. And that's about 63% of doTERRA leaders, not all wellness advocates, but people who were in leadership ranks. And then once you hit gold, Average annual earning is about $56,000 a year. And that's about 21% of leaders, 63 plus 21 is 84. So the top 25 or so percent of people who are in the top 1% are the ones making bank, right? Because anyways,
0: I love those percentages because anybody who's looking at it, that doesn't understand what it takes to be in a leadership position and get in a leadership position and maintain a leadership position mm-hmm. would look at 68% of leaders. That's a lot, but we're not looking at the people we're talking to represent like less than 3% of the company or whatever it is. You know what? I don't know the percentages, but yes. like the people that we're talking about with these really big percentages represent a very small percentage when you pull out and look at the whole picture
1: right and i can't speak for other mlms but with doTERRA kind of the numbers we regularly saw they have a split where you when you sign up decide if you want to be a wholesale customer or a wellness advocate only the wellness advocate track requires a social security number and only the wellness advocate is eligible to earn commissions. And they created that before I started, but I think it was fairly recent. It might've been like 2016. When I think Young Living maybe started to get in trouble with the FTC, there was something that they were kind of like, we need to separate out our earning potential with customers. And so what we were told is like, no, this isn't a pyramid scheme. 85% of the 1.5 million people worldwide who use doTERRA, 85% of those are wholesale customers. They couldn't even earn money if they wanted to. They just use the products because they love them. And then 15% have enrolled as wellness advocates. But of those 15%, only the top, I mean, I think it was about 1% of people are in leadership ranks. It could be up to five, but I remember the one. So then you're looking at within the one to 5%, 63% are silver, 21% are gold. Uh, You know what I mean? Like, so the earning potential even is not good.
0: Oh, it's a nesting doll.
1: 63%
0: looks great. But then you realize that that's 63% of 1% of 15% of 100%. It's very small.
1: It's very small. Wow. Yes.
0: So it's so, very, very, very misleading. Those numbers are incredibly misleading because you are yes. they're not expecting you to reverse engineer like we just did to be like, oh, it's like nothing.
1: Right. Just a percent of leaders. And you think leaders, people, whatever. That's a great percentage. So I don't knew all that. Like I, I kind of go in, I did a bunch of, I mean, to the extent that I could research, I was pulling up, there was a lawsuit involving doTERRA and Young Living around the time that I started. Like I was looking at that before I even agreed to host a class, but it was more of like a personal beef between those two companies. And the outcome of that lawsuit was kind of that like Young Living was kind of being, this is my, my personal interpretation, Young Living was being petty and mad that doTERRA had split off and they tried to accuse him of things that unfortunately they weren't actually doing. So nothing came of it. And it was just kind of like, oh, well, you know, companies get sued all the time. Like they didn't even settle. It was just like, to my understanding of all the transcripts, the judge was like, no, we can't, doTERRA didn't do anything illegal in this specific regard these specific charges you brought against it. But for me, that was something I wanted to know because you're like, okay, well, Actually, this company, that's the only thing that I could find that could have been really damning. And it was like, oh, they, it was MLM beef. And I was like, well, that's not going to mess with my desire to move forward. So I, did doTERRA actively from 2017 through, I mean, I was active through 2020, through the summer of 2020. Like, we went all on Zoom. And, you know, like, if you're someone who is adept, I don't love technology, but I teach a good class and I love people. And we adapted it. And I was, I mean, I earned incentive trips three years in a row, 2018, 2019, 2020. Starting the year after I started, I was one of the top 300 enrollers in doTERRA in the U.S. and Canada uh, with children at home. So it was like, I, I loved what I was doing. But then the deeper i got what happened is after 2020 every single mlm and many businesses like hello we had a global pandemic and like i have a ton of friends who are teachers the nurses who were we were all out of work for a month two months three months and so we were all able to jump on a zoom meeting and commiserate and talk about all this stuff and i didn't touch i know a ton of companies got in trouble for like health claims i didn't even use the word immunity i didn't touch that i was like let's talk about stress and deep breathing like we were going let's talk about calming essential oils and self-care I was like I'm not even touching immunity because I can't prove any and I don't I don't want anything against me like we would do zoom stretching yoga classes and breathe little oils in on the front and the back ends but trying to make it actually useful for people so I did well with that but then the world started to open back up and all MLMs took a nosedive and we started to notice this trend and so my kind of cross-line sisters I had developed relationships with because I had, at this point, my husband and I had gone on three incentive trips. And so we had met people from not our own organization from all over. And we were like, Hey, I have friends who were diamonds and he was working full-time at a car dealership, quit his job, checked in late 2020. And he's like, I'm going back to work. Our doTERRA business can no longer support both of us not work. So there was a lot of stuff like that where we're just like, Hey, the world's in kind of a rough economic place.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, I actually talked to somebody who was who was talking to me about this, how they had gone all in with their MLM during COVID because they had lost yeah. their job. But as soon as the world opened back up, they left. And a lot Mm -hmm. of other people left, too. They're like, okay, I got my job back. Bye. And the MLM industry really did kind of take a nosedive because of that. And it is very interesting that you are also bringing it up from a completely different perspective in a completely different company from a completely different vantage point that you also noticed that.
1: And so it started being a thing. I was talking with Crosslines and we're all seeing it. So it's like, okay, well, I'm not crazy. Cause you start to go, okay, first, is it something I'm doing? Is this different? And it really, it was across the board. And so on the one hand, there's comfort in that. You're like, okay, this is an economic global. This is not just a me thing. However, if, if this downward trend is going to continue, cause with MLM, you got to rebuild it every month. First, the whole residual income thing is such a BS. It's not a thing. So my husband and I were starting to have discussions like this isn't I don't know that this is sustainable for us to maintain long term. I'm going to keep maybe I'll do a couple classes a month, but I'm no longer going to do them every week. People aren't coming. That's not a good use of my time. Let me think about maybe doing some more personal training. Like I've always worked a little bit part time because I enjoy it. And that's kind of how we've worked our our family. He works full time. We've got healthcare through his. And there's a whole nother tirade about how, again, MLMs target, for example, stay at home moms whose husbands have a job because you have the wiggle room to earn absolutely no money for a little while and still have groceries. Like, it's if I was a single mom, I could not have built this business because I would have needed money for gas week one, not week 20. Um, absolutely. It's bankroll
0: privilege. And a lot of people yes. don't talk about it, especially when they're targeting like single moms who are on programs. Programs and are barely making it, like you should ask her. And it's like, no, 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 no. There is no. no bankroll to float this scam for months while this woman figures it out. No, 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 no. That's a really, another really good point is there is a bankroll that is backing a lot of these women. And that is a privilege that not everybody has.
1: And doTERRA, I don't know if we want to talk about this right now or like make a note to come back to it, but my what are they triple presidential diamond uplines run trainings in her website. She has these things called daily mentor calls. And you listen to a call a day and take notes and implement the steps. And if you go through all 50 calls, you'll be a higher earner in doTERRA. I mean, it's step-by-step how to build your business, but one of the things they teach you, and it's like her team is a vast chunk of doTERRA, she and her husband, because they're so high ranking, but they share their information with a lot of other teams too. And they actually ran a study I went to Prague to do a training with them in 2000. That's been the spring of 2018. So this couple makes 250 grand a month as of 2016, when I pulled up the last thing I could find. And her husband, his family is from the Czech Republic, and so they bought this like little inn, an Airbnb in hotel in Prague, and they run DoTerra trainings through it. And so they'll run incentives like, hey, if people on our team earn, if you do this much and you rank this fast, you do this many things in this time frame. So I was gifted a trip to Prague. I paid airfare. The whole week was covered. They covered all the food. But then other people outside of their downline in doTERRA will pay for the training. And I'm sure it evens out. And then they make money off people in training.
0: And they Um, own the hotel that you're all staying in. They own the hotel.
1: There's no overhead for them. But one of the things that they teach is that... They ran this study, and they studied all of the diamonds in doTERRA. So diamond is a rank that supposedly, allegedly, the average annual earnings are $193,000 a year, and 8% of leaders hit diamond. But it's like the elite top percent of the percent. Of those diamonds, they were like, what characteristics do they share? And here's what they came up with. When you were recruiting for doTERRA, you're supposed to make your list of 100 names, Right. But then their recommendation, and I'm going to read this verbatim from their training, is your assignment is to rank each name on your list now. Rank each name according to the seven-star rating system. Give them a star or a point for each of the seven characteristics. Write their number next to their name on your names list. Number one, female. Number two, has a money, time, or purpose need. Number three, age 30 to 55. In the study, it was actually 30 to 45, but they edited it to be more inclusive so that people wouldn't rule people out age thirty fifty five. time money need female has a supportive spouse is into natural things already has entrepreneurial experience and then there was one other that i can't remember off the top of my head but that so the bottom line is you'd sit here and i go okay so you'd make a list of 100 people i know and i go my neighbor susie is a female check she, however, is 72. Tech maybe isn't her thing and she's already retired. So I'm going to, she doesn't get a point for that. Has a supportive spouse. Well, no, her husband works full time. and probably doesn't want her to waste money on stupid things. So I'm not going to check that one. Into natural things. No, she really, really loves all sorts of non-natural things. And I would have to educate her from the ground up about being crunchy. So we're not going to, she has no entrepreneurial experience, right? Maybe she was a teacher her whole life, but is not interested in running her own business. So you rank them. So let's say my neighbor- She's like a two. The way doTERRA, our team taught you is like my upline T would tell me to not even invite that person to a class because she's not a good prospect for a business. And I'd be like, well, but, but she got asthma and we just had a conversation about it. Like I could just, she could spend 50 bucks on a diffuser and an oil and it might improve her life. And like, that's worthwhile. No, that's a waste of your time. You're looking for women in this age room with a money need who also have a supportive spouse who have entrepreneurial time, all these things. So if they're like a four or a five out of the seven, then you would approach them. And you skip a conversation about products altogether. You just talk about the business. So I'd go, okay, Roberta, you're a female. You're in my age range. you got a supportive roommate. I'm gonna count it. Your dogs are supportive. We're gonna count, you know, we're gonna give you points. So so Roberta's a six on my list of seven. She's a prime target for my downline which I couldn't do this. Obviously. I was a, I will teach you about things. If you want to buy a product, I'll help you figure out which ones you'd say, this is my budget. Here's my top list of priorities. What's the best fit for me. And if it was $25, we would get you something for $25. But that's how shocker. I'm not successful in MLM anymore. That does not work in MLM, but that's how I was, but this is I how mean, they have built their business.
0: The training, mm-hmm. the, just the training. I mean, my mouth was on the floor the whole time you were saying those things. That the checkoff oh, yeah. list on whether or not you approach this person, not with a product recommendation, and not with you're sales. you're ranking them. Right. For the opportunity to yeah. pursue messaging this person relentlessly Correct. to get them to join this company. Right. Like yeah. the first thing is it's a woman. Like that is. Right. Ugh, That's the first thing. So number one. Disgusting.
1: And you know, a supportive husband
0: with a bankroll that doesn't mind them spending Mm -hmm.
1: money on stupid things they don't need. That's
0: another check in the right direction.
1: Correct. I mean, it is. Well, because like if he's supportive, then they can spend his free money from the paycheck he earns getting this business started, right? So it's almost opposite of the stuff we've talked about with like Herbalife, where they're targeting. Frankly, low income and claiming like this is your way out of poverty. The DoTerra training was the opposite. It was like find you some ladies who have free time whose husbands got some money and let's roll with that. DoTerra is um, like
0: what, we are building a pyramid and we only yeah, want the best bricks. And if you are board. not the
1: best brick, we're not even going to talk out. to you. That's right. You don't need oils now. Pick I will corporately, when doTERRA corporate runs their, for example, uh, annual convention, whatever, they were big on, hey, bring a friend. Like they don't do sales training at convention. It's product, product, product. Let's tell you what our nonprofits do. I'm a sucker for nonprofit. That's what got me in was the nonprofit. I did not trust my mom's assess of this company, but they got me in because I was like, oh my gosh, maybe she stumbled into a good one. Maybe this can be done well, right? So that system because this is how pyramid schemes work, does not come directly from doTERRA. It's on so-and-so, so-and-so.com's website. But doTERRA knows she runs the website and they know she gives it for free to her whole downline. So there's like a convention in the fall, business retreat, leadership retreat in the spring. It's like, hey, go connect with so-and-so. So all these resources for training don't have doTERRA's name on them. They have a person's name on them. But doTERRA knows they exist. And we'll refer you to them. But from a legal standpoint, like, no, doTERRA doesn't tell you this is just for women. But it's interesting. I pulled up doTERRA's top earners. And this is from 2016. Like, I didn't search too hard to find a super comprehensive recent list. However, I thought it was fascinating. The top earner is a female. She and her husband do do the business together. But on her account, it's just her name listed. But the list is based on what's on their account. So out of the top 20 earners, there are two females there are two males and the other 16 are husband and wife with the man's name listed first, every single one of them. And you're like, well, but like now I, and I know I've met a lot of these people and you get to choose how your name's listed in your account. Like Andrew and I thought about being like Danielle and Andrew Hanneman, but they were like, well, it makes more sense just to keep income separate for it. It was just easier. Why bother? Like, obviously you're supportive and in this with me and we'll travel together, but we don't need your name on it.
0: Yeah. Why muddy
1: the waters? Yeah, that's how these are all husband wife, husband wife, husband wife, husband wife. Well, they're all in. So I just think that they can't get out. All in forever. Yeah, they're bringing their doTERRA money to their celestial kingdom.
0: So how high ranked was your upline T and her husband?
1: So T was a platinum, which is the top 5% of leaders. So I hit gold, she hit platinum. Each time I leveled up, she would kind of rank up. The way doTERRA works, you have to have three people under you all hit certain levels for you to rank up. So if she had me hit gold, she would have to have two other golds, then she'd be platinum. The person above her is now a blue diamond and the person above them are these triple presidential diamonds who are the top, second highest doTERRA earners in the world. So they are, they're three levels above me. So like, you want to talk about joining a good, like if there was a place to be successful in doTERRA, my mom shoved me right in there and my mom ended up resigning. And so I rolled up to being right under T. I was originally under my mom. That's another story for another day, but I got compressed when she resigned her account. So 2020, things going down, we can kind of transition into some of the super shady stuff.
0: Let's talk more about your upline and the shady stuff Okay, and what you experienced and how you became the fall guy.
1: Yeah. I mean, it happened accidentally. I wasn't supposed to know all the shady stuff. Um, it just happened via good old fashioned gaslighting and bullying, you know, which I don't do well with. So I started doing some digging wild, right? So we're we're noticing these business trends where we're not making as much as we were. We're thinking, okay, maybe maybe direct sales is an industry. I still wasn't convinced that all MLM was bad, but maybe direct sales is an industry. This pandemic and the way things happened, obviously, it's unanticipated. But maybe this industry is going to suffer. So let me let me get a little more coaching on the side and my personal training, and you know, so we're fine. We're going to figure it out, whatever. Andrew and I always figure it out. But it was like we're just kind of watching trends. Well, I emotionally separated from my parents. I went into more detail about that on Danielle's podcast, but my mom, we suspect is a narcissist with borderline personality disorder. And so our relationship was never amazing. I and mean, it explain it makes sense why I wanted to follow her into MLMs because it's like the only way to kind of have the approval and time together. Right. But she- anyway, so, so a very rocky relationship. And so I have a lot of trauma and triggers around that. And like Female figures my mother's age, which now that when my mom left doTERRA, T and the woman above her, J, are both women that my mom knew in Shackley for 20 years. So they are women my mother's age in an MLM who now we know are not healthy, but it's like right off the bat, not a great recipe for success for me as far as healthy interactions. So in December of 2020, my dad ends up in the hospital with COVID and double pneumonia it was not good that all the things he was there for, I think a full month. It was about three weeks before we thought that he had a good chance of even surviving. Like it was really, really, really bad. Um, and, and my parents don't speak to me. So I was getting phone calls from my aunt, from my uncle. I have seven siblings, four of them calling me, you know, relationships in a dynamic, like my family's, if they're in with my mom, they're, I have to be out for them. But I talk to the ones who want to talk to me and I'm always available and open to reestablish this relationship. So, but it was just constant. I'm getting all these updates. Everyone's trying to make sure that I know what's going on because they know my parents aren't including me. But so I was getting it like multiple times a day. And it's 2020, and like yo, it's pandemic, and I'm home. I'm homeschooling a fresh kindergartner, and a to- we got a toddler, and we can't find toilet paper. So it's all the normal stuff. And and I think many people who had themselves or a family member, you go to the hospital with COVID, it was unprecedented. You have no idea what to expect. There wasn't reason to be super like hopeful about outcomes, right? It was scary. So a couple weeks in, we we hit like mid January. I think he actually. He must have gone to the hospital right around New Year's because I was actually visiting my grandparents in Florida with my brother who got a call from my dad. Hey, I'm probably OK, but I'm going to the hospital. And my brother was like, he doesn't sound good. He's, and my dad's one of those people who's always a silver lining. And, you know, he's going to pass out dead before he admits that he's not OK because he doesn't want other people to have to, like, go out of their way. And it was a holiday. You know those people. <laughs> he goes into the hospital right around So I guess it's 2021, January 1, 2021. And he's there for about three weeks. He did end up coming out. It was a long road to recovery. He came out with an, he had to lug around an oxygen tank for a while. I mean, it was like, and he's 55. Like, so he's, it was scary because he wasn't at an age where you'd think it should be that scary. And it was. So around the middle of the month, I, I think texted my upline T and I was like, Hey, just because we historically, this had happened multiple times before, but I hadn't clued into it, but there's always the end of the month hustle. We get the last, Hey, how's your business going? Do you need any help? No, I'm good. I've, I'm not going to hit rank this month. I'm not worried about it. And it would be like, okay, well, I need you to hit rank. Well, maybe you should have talked to me about that before the 30th. I have kids. Sorry. So you could message me a week ago and be like, Hey, right. I actually went on that Prague trip with her, traveled together to Prague. And then when I got back after a week, I told my husband, I was like, I think I have to quit this business. And then he was like, what if we do our own thing? She can benefit from our work, but let's not bring her in. Let's not ask her to come up and teach any more classes, right? Like, so we had done that for, I guess, a year and a half, two years at that point. And it kind of managed to keep it okay, because I just always hit rank. So she kind of ignored me. And she, I guess, plugged holes in her other two legs. And I was always a solid one. So I didn't have any of her attention because I was the good child, which hello, talk about mirroring my family dynamic growing up. I'm the oldest of eight children and this is my life. So I'm like, I got this, I've been doing this for years, but now I'm not hitting rank because it's post pandemic or we're still in a pandemic. MLM's not doing great. And I'm on purpose taking a break from, I mean, I was like, I'm off social media. I can't, I am processing the possibility of losing my dad without having a relationship with him. And with, I mean, like it's, it's a lot. So I gave her a brief heads up, middle of the month. Um, She's like, okay, totally understand. Not a problem. I'll do what I need to do. Cool, cool, cool. Well, we get the end of the month check-in. Hey, I just want to blah, blah, blah. Can can you buy whatever? And I was like, no. So I looped in Jay, who's above T. And I was like, hey, I reached out mid-month. And I had already talked to... Jay. Like we've been to their house in Nashville. We've hung out as couples with them. So she knew my relationship with T mirrored my relationship with my mom. We'd had so, and it was always like, okay, well, why don't I do your mentor calls for a little while? We'll give you a break from her. Like no need to, we can make this work. Not everybody works well together. So I thought we had the kind of relationship where I could say, Hey, she's triggering me again. Let me just go up. Like, I don't want to hurt her feelings, but it's, I'm going to need to pump the brakes. And so kind of tried to fill her in and it just went downhill. She must've been also having a bad month, but I was told, well, Danielle, if you don't hit your rank this month, T and her husband won't be able to pay their mortgage and I won't be able to pay for my kid's private school tuition. And we have helped you so much over the years and done all these things and blah, blah, blah. And like, it's, we really need you to come through basically. And I was like, no i just it's not your problem it's a
0: t problem it's a j problem
1: it's not a me problem but that's something that i think we don't fully realize when you walk into mlms because you're told this is your business this is your business this is your business you have autonomy and you do until you don't is the problem it's a lot to walk away from when you're earning some money and again it was from home i could put my kids to bed and go teach a class 20 minutes down the road and get my adult time and come, like, the way Andrew and I worked, it worked well for our family in that season. But yeah, so I ended up telling, I was like, I'm going to need a break from both of you. How dare you? I still don't know if my dad is going to survive. So you can F off, basically. So some of this conversation was done over voice message, you know, and it's like, you can tell that Jay scripted it and then read what she'd written about her feelings and stuff. So that happened and andrew and i were like maybe we should just take a break from doTERRA so we took a break we had earned the trip because of it now being 2021 was supposed to be in february got bumped to may so we go on this incentive trip in may after basically no contact with my uplines i didn't hear from them february march and then in april jay reached us out and i'm actually gonna these were not all voice messages or screenshots so i'm gonna read these out loud not only because i know other people have been through similar things Because I think even just listening to so many people who've shared their stories on this podcast alone, let alone others, like this isn't the exception in MLM. This is the type of person who is at the top. There are not good teams working within a pyramid scheme and taking advantage of other people for their money. There are people who are better at posturing and understand psychology and know how to make themselves look like good people. But you hit a point where they're not anymore. And so because I'm kind of like a CYA person, and I have stuff in writing, I wanted to read them verbatim so it's not just like me exaggeratedly remembering. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: Back in April on the 30th, Jay texts me on the, excuse me, she texts me on the 28th and says, Hey, just checking in. How are you and Andrew doing? Any fun house projects? I hope you've recovered from all the crazy family stuff of a few months ago and that you've had some reprieve with it. And then she sends me a 53 second voice message, the summary of which was, "Hey, I'm plugging into month holes, and do you mind if I place an order on an account or two? There's just one or two things, and da, da 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 da." And so I listened to it, and I got upset, and so I left it for a day, and then I was like, "I need to respond." So I responded on April 29th and said, "Hey, thanks for reaching out. Not proud of it, but that was about all I could muster in the moment." So then she responds and says, "Hey, are you okay if I place an order on?" Jay's account Jay was one of my front lines to finish it out did my voice text come through above and I said go for it and then I talked it through with Andrew and I was like why am I giving her permission because this front line of mine they're really sweet they're precious husband and wife most of my doTERRA team were good friends of mine who truly used and loved products like this couple had been using doTERRA oils for like four years but they're paying retail somewhere and didn't realize you can so they just signed up under me And they have six kids and they would use a lot of different things every month. And so the conversations I'd have is, look, there's a business side to this. I can tell you how it works if you want to learn. But whether you want to learn or not, I need three people who regularly order every month. And that's more important to me than whether or not you're like actively building a business since you guys order so much would you mind doing a business account on my front line? And then I can help, i all earn my bonuses. And sometimes when I earn a bonus, it means you'll get a kickback too. It just like as a thank you for being a loyal customer. So that was basically my whole team. I've had one or two people who wanted to teach classes with me and stuff, but really it was more like my key accounts were star customers of mine, basically. So that's this couple. And they also were, I think currently... I think they had just found out. I mean, like that week that they had had a miscarriage. Like it was a, it was a really big emotional week for them. So she's asking for permission to place an order on this specific person's account. And I was like, go for it. And then I get a text from that person from the wife, and she's like, Hey, just want to check in. I got a call from T asking me to place an order and said that it needs to be at least 100 to 150 PV, which is like 175 to 200 by the time you do tax and everything. And that if I don't place this order, Danielle, you won't get your bonus. And like, I wanted to check with you because when I talked to you, you said not to work. So I called her. I was like, Under no circumstances would I even ask this of you ever, let alone in, the, in what you're currently going through. I'm so sorry you had to have this phone call what can I do to help? T was not supposed to reach out to you, right? We've I've already gone above T to J and said, please keep her out of my communications, right? J asked permission to reach out, but then she let T do it. T is German, very direct, very unhealthy, does not read social cues, I guess. I don't know, probably on the narcissism spectrum too. So that really obviously upset me. So this couple ended up ordering $200 a product on the 30th day of the month. Mind you, if they'd waited till the first, they would have had all the new month reward. Like if you're going to place a big order in MLM or in doTERRA, the chromos and freebies were always like the first of the 14th or something, 15th, first half of the month. It makes no sense to order on the last day of the month, unless it personally helps you hit a bonus. It was going to help them hit a $50 bonus, but they're spending $200. That's not good math. It was going to help me hit a two hundred fifty dollar bonus, but I was already reevaluating the business. I had not planned for it. I had not budgeted for it. Therefore, I didn't need it, and I certainly wouldn't have asked them to spend two hundred dollars for me to make two hundred fifty. But it was going to help T hit a fifteen hundred dollar bonus. So she Uh, go help. She don't ask them. Wow. I have this conversation with my front lines, and I'm angry. And so then I text Jay and say, "Hey, Jay, I did listen to your voicemail yesterday." Between the text you sent and the voice message, I have some genuine questions for you. Please know that I take this very seriously. One, would you truly like to know whether I've recovered from, quote, all of the crazy family stuff? Do you even remember what that entailed for me? Or was that text just a precursor to your end-of-month hole-plugging voice message? Two, how many people did you send that exact or moderately tweaked voice message to? Three, if you only care about helping me fill a 7.5 PV hole... Why do you need to reach out to my front lines when there were already four other qualifying orders? Couldn't you just place that somewhere else and not bug them? Four, why did T call my front lines instead of you? And why did she tell them they need to order an additional 100 to 150 PV today? And which of you, J or T, is going to Venmo them to reimburse them for every penny they were just bullied in spending? Oh and then five, God. is this what people pay you for in your quote, whatever it takes coaching? Because obviously she has launched her own coaching business called the Wit Collective, whatever it takes. So I said, frankly, I'm disgusted. As you're very well aware, your end of month outreach has caused, quote, resentment and frustration, which is something she said in her voice message. She's like, I hope this doesn't cause resentment and frustration. Like, you know, it does. We've had this conversation. I said, you are personally responsible for thoughtfully and intentionally backing me and other women on your team into a corner and triggering us. You called it a pain point, sore spot, and a source of tension, and yet you still did it. In all sincerity, I'd like to know, what is my friendship and emotional health worth to you, or is it even worth anything at all?
0: Wow.
1: So it's so stuff like that. And I know other people have experienced this, and that's why I think it's because a lot of people experience it and we're afraid to like say it, right? And so she did respond. She said, I have and always will be open to have honest conversations with you if you are open to hear other perspectives as well. Based on your questions, it seems you have one lens with which everything is said through, no matter what is said or done. That does make me truly sad, as I am your friend, love you, and love your family. If you'd ever like to discuss, I'm happy to hop on a call. And I just left it, and I was like, well, you're already, like, invalidating.
0: Yeah, I was like, she's invalidating everything that you just said. Being like, oh, well, if you're open to other perspectives. Other perspectives aside from what? My actual truth? Am I open to hearing your bullshit? Is that what this is about? Because this is my right. actual truth that you're invalidating.
1: Correct. Things like that had happened throughout the years. And then we would go, hey, we're just gonna do our own thing, take a break from them all together. And again, when it was good, I hit end a month and I wouldn't hear I wouldn't hear from them for months because I was helping them hit their goals. But the fact that it was all, it started when my dad was like possibly not recovering of COVID and double pneumonia. And and then you're reaching out to my dear friend who is in the middle of a super traumatic event. At like nine o'clock at night, and she's logging into her Dutera account frantically trying to place an order because she was told that Danielle's family needs the money. Like I, I don't, I can't play with that. So that was April. So we head to this incentive trip in May, and I, I was like, "Well, we better enjoy all the free drinks and the beach because this is gonna be our last time here." Yeah. But while we're there, like you know, you if you go back and forth. Like there are lovely people. There are so many wonderful people: couples, singles. Women meant there are so many wonderful humans in doTERRA and in every other MLM because that's how we all ended up in there because someone we know and trust or we met people we knew and trusted. So we were like, well, maybe maybe we don't need to quit doTERRA. Maybe we're just like obviously on the wrong team. Like maybe we need to, to look at that.
0: I think that's a very common thought. When mm-hmm. you first start to see the crack and the little roots start to take, you're like, maybe it's our team or maybe it's the business it's but maybe it's it's the company that you don't see mm-hmm. it as the structure and that it's a cult and that all of this high demand like it all has to work together it's the only way it works and you start going like well i'm just going to try it a little different way or or maybe it's just our upline maybe we can try so it's very interesting that you are already having these issues with your cognitive dissonance and you're realizing there's an issue you're close you're not there yet but you're like, maybe it's our team. You feel the toxicity. Right. You're feeling it. You see it. You're trying to fix it. It's very interesting that you're at this point.
1: Yeah. Anywho, so do- a lot of doTERRA staff come on these trips and the VP of U.S. sales always MCs stuff, really charismatic guy, super nice. So we've gotten to know him. We played volleyball with him. He mc the sand cow. Calc- like he knows me by name. He was making jokes about me at points to other people. So we left this trip and Andrew's like, well, how about you email R." And just give them a rundown. Here is the history. We would like advice. Because this isn't the doTERRA culture. Like, what do you think we should do?
0: Right. And here's another great point. If someone is being shady in your company and they're very high up and they're influencing a lot of people, wouldn't you want to know about the shady person that's potentially harming your company and harming the people in your
1: company? I think corporate would want to know that. Corporate should want to know this. Right. Right. So I'm going to read this email as well. And again, because for me, it was really important to CYA and document stuff. And I know a lot of a lot of our listeners have had all these experiences and feelings, but maybe didn't document or act on them. And then as you move further away, you're like, well, maybe some of it was me, or I could have said more, I should have said more. So like, I'm not going to read you guys every email I've ever written, but here are things that I took directly to the top of doTERRA corporate that they knew happened. So I sent him this email and I said... Hey, I'm sorry to be a Debbie Downer on the tail end of such a wonderful, jam packed, refreshing, and much needed incentive trip. Great with words. Um, I'm like so loaded already. <laughs> so loaded. Like, I'm trying to be so positive and like, remember, you like me. Just, Protecting like, yourself, apologizing. A fun one. First yeah, yeah. 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 First sentence. Sorry. Hi. It's me. Then I have a question. I think I need to resign my doTERRA account due to some majorly unethical and unhealthy situations with my uplines. I can't morally continue to build or bring others into doTERRA where I've been placed. There's a lot to it, but emotionally toxic upline relationships combined with unethical business expectations and practices have just really taken a toll on us and we can't do it anymore. I understand there's a mandatory sit-out period. That said, there's some extenuating circumstances, particularly in how I was brought into doTERRA, that I hope might allow for an exception in the sit-out period. I have informed my uplines that I'm planning to resign and we're working with a third party to mediate conversations because communication is completely broken down. I'd also like to get advice and input from someone who doesn't have skin in the game and will be able to advocate for me during the process. So I gave him a little rundown that I've already told you guys kind of my time with doTERRA, what ranks I'd hit, what my organization was looking like. I'd like to find out if I can request an exception in the sit-out period. So with doTERRA, if you quit, once you've hit a certain rank, you can't re-sign up for 12 months if you've hit the rank of, I think it's just premier, but it might be gold. But it's like, so it's to prevent cross-recruiting, right? You can't be like, oh, she's doing really well over there. I'm just going to bring her and her whole other team over. So like a good rule, but they also have this exceptions request process that the committee meets every month and allegedly approves exceptions sometimes because they're called exceptions and you can request them. And that makes logical sense. So I, it, I naively thought like maybe an exception is possible. So that's what I was referring to here. I'd like to find out if I can request an exception in the sit-out period. I was actually enrolled without my knowledge before I even agreed to try using oils and never would have personally enrolled under T if I'd had a choice. Even on our best days, our personalities do not drive, and she's not someone who would have compelled or invigorated or inspired me to join her team. My mom was my original enroller. She used my social security number and signed me and a couple of my siblings up to create placeholder accounts per the recommendations of our uplines to start immediately building a rank. I didn't realize until about two years in that she had signed me up a solid month before I even smelled my first oil. So I go in a little more about how, you know, I stuck with it because I was already building and already enjoyed it. And you don't know all these things long-term. So what I put in writing for him specific to the uplines, I said, my current doTERRA experience is very triggering and mirrors my toxic relationship with my mom. There are some things I view as unethical business practices that go against company policies and doTERRA culture. A few examples. One, my uplines routinely buy in way over the approved limits to hit power of three bonuses but use multiple credit cards and payment options, including PayPal, so it never gets flagged on an audit. T spent around $400 on my leg in January 2021 alone just to earn her $1,500 using this email address. Two, my uplines call my downlines, pressuring them to place large end-of-month orders and have used me as a manipulation tool. One of my builders was told at the end of April that she needed to order 150 PV on the last day of the month and that, quote, that buy-in will also pay Danielle an extra $250 that she wouldn't have earned otherwise. And that was a direct quote from a text T had sent. Three, my uplines have asked me and my downlines to Venmo them our commissions if they have to buy in to hit their goals. For example, I was asked to Venmo J and or T my $250 power of three bonus in January and said no. Remember, this is the month that I said I'm not doing the business because my dad's dying of COVID. That's what I forgot. So like, their follow-up to that, Roberto, was, okay, well, if we buy in, then will you Venmo us your bonus since you didn't actually earn it? And I said, no. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I forgot that part. Let's see. I said, uh, buying in is their choice. If it blesses people below them too, great. But I pay taxes on everything I earn in doTERRA. They've certainly made a lot of money off of my efforts. I'm a high enroller they shouldn't also be asking me to give them my commissions on the one month that I'm willingly stepping back from my own business. Three, end of month pressure directed at me to buy in or hustle harder to help them hit their goals because their families are in financial stress, even though I've communicated the end of month panic and pressure isn't how I'm comfortable working my business. Four, I told them about January 2021 and covid Five in January 2020, I actually had a very similar mid-month conversation giving T a heads up that I had a lot on my plate and didn't look like I was going to hit premiere for the first time in literally years or the 250 power of three. And she told me that if I didn't make my bonus, she wouldn't be able to pay her mortgage. And then I circle back. There were some personal communication issues with me and T that really triggered me with my relationship with my mom. Anytime I did teach a class with her, uh, regular feedback from her during my in-person classes or Zoom classes included things like Danielle, you're too overwhelming. You're just too much for most people to handle. You talk too much. Danielle, you were supposed to sample at least 20 people for my Diamond Club classes. If I'm going to make a trip up here, it needs to be worth my time. Danielle, when you taught that class, you talked too much about your kids. Many people don't have young children, and you need to focus less on yourself and your story and more on what might be relevant to them. That Those feedback she would give me when she was in my home at a class, and then I would sell stuff that would help her hit bonuses, and then she would sit down with me and be like, here's all the things you did wrong. Ew. Yep. So then I say, I feel like this email is starting to run on and I don't want to overwhelm you with negativity or be slanderous. Honestly, I know there's some things doTERRA can do very little about. That's okay. I just want to be careful to articulate the issues and the gravity of the situation without coming across as vindictive or spiteful. So I can move forward with separating myself and start fresh. Um, I'd also like to be able to protect my customers and wellness advocates from any similar future interactions, if at all possible. And I would like to know what my options are. Thank you in advance for pointing me in the right direction, blah, blah, blah. So, like, and this poor guy had to read an essay from me. But, like, it is He's in fully there. fully aware, though. He's, I mean, there's no question about
0: – Right. Which he obviously is because he right. works in corporate. Right. LM. But even if he wasn't right. fully aware of what actually happens, now he is in writing. Fully right. aware.
1: Exactly. And so then he refers me to Doterra's head of legal who I think is also the head of compliance. I'm still confused. I'm I am unclear who also weirdly enough was on that same incentive trip with us because after a really abusive phone call Andrew never and like wait a minute was he the guy on the beach that like if you were the head of a legal department in a company that doesn't have an HR department like, maybe you shouldn't be hanging out on the beach with like just some of the people in the company making BFFs and not others. Cause, like, I don't can't that might bias you. He said in our phone call, like, really, so and so, one of my uplines said that. Like, I know him really well and I just can't imagine that coming at it. And you're like, well, oh, wow, that's the problem. Yeah. this process rolling of I'm going to quit doTERRA and start over again. And I was asking for an exception. Like, hey, can I sit out for, and I thought it was a six month sit out. Turns out it was 12. Can I sit out for three months? Can I sit out for two? Like, can we, I make you guys a lot of money. I work really hard knowing that this isn't just because I like Susie over there better than I like tea. Like there's some serious stuff happening. Can we make an exception? So they kind of acted, oh, pl- fill out this application. I mean, I have my email chain with compliance with the sweet little doTERRA employee named Chelsea and another one named Robin, who's no longer with the company, thankfully. Like emails, that, like, I mean, every screenshot, I read you guys one of like 30 that I have. You know, they have them all. I was like, this is not okay. And so we go through this thing and they advise me, okay, you're gonna go ahead and quit. You're gonna fill out this form. You do have to sit out. But I was told in writing by a doTERRA employee I was like, here's my plan, step-by-step. I need to notify my customers. I'm going to let them know this is what I'm doing. But obviously I can't cross-recruit, but I'm going to let them know I'm leaving. And if people come to me and say, hey, Danielle, what's your plan? Because I came to doTERRA for you, not just for oils. Am I allowed to tell them what I'm doing? Tell them that they can contact doTERRA? If my Aunt Jill, who I love and who is not going to buy oils from tea, but signed up for me, if she says, oh, well, if you're going, I want to go, can she call DoTerra and say, "Hey, cancel my account," and then she can sit out and then rejoin under me? Because that, should, if, as long as we all follow the rules, that's fine, right? And I get like, "Yes, yes, yes, fine, fine, fine." The only thing they said no to is they said, "Oops, I was wrong about the sit out period. It is twelve months," and so for my customers, it would be like six months. But Danielle, if you're sitting out for twelve, they would need to wait to re-sign up under you. And I was like, "Cool, cool, cool." So I do this Facebook Live, telling everyone, "Hey, there's been some major stuff. I don't want to go into it. It's really triggering." I love doTERRA. I love my business. A year is a long time to sit out. But in the grand scheme of things, right, this is a legacy business, Roberta. I'm going to pass it on to my children when I die. (laughs) It's only 12 months of my life. That's my, that's, you know, Andrew and I were like, this is a long game. We love, you love this. You you could keep doing it. So I explained this all. Well, what I didn't realize I had taken T and J out of my Facebook group because they're obviously really unhealthy people, but Jay's husband was still in it. I didn't even know he had a Facebook. He ain't never using it. And at this time, they were in the process of allegedly getting divorced and then undivorcing and then selling education seminars about how to overcome marriage problems when they publicly announced that they had been separated for 18 months and were now back together and remarried. And here's their wedding pictures. So I just didn't I didn't think to check for him. Anyways, he had, I guess, screen recorded my video and sent it to compliance. So now I got a phone call saying I have cross-recruited broken company policies and my account's about to be deactivated permanently, effective immediately for the end of all time. And I'm like, never welcome back in the company.
0: And Even though you had all of this correspondence with compliance and it had basically been given permission.
1: Yes. Oh, and this is, I forgot, Robert, I skipped past the tax fraud. So, oh yes, let's talk about this tax fraud. There's I tax
0: fraud, you guys. Yeah.
1: It was it was such a slow build to the tax fraud that I just forgot about it. Look at my storytelling skills. Okay. So so I, I'm I'm working with compliance to figure out how I can resign. It's now 15th of May. That's what it was. One of my other front lines, A, who is a single mom, works full-time at a car dealership and marketing. She put herself through college while parenting her two boys. Wonderful human she did not get to be successful by not checking her bank account so similar to me she's looking at income and expenses and she checks things so she had just applied for a refinance and you know they go through all the big scary stuff and they're like we're gonna open your credit report for this time period and don't let any major deposits come in and out of your bank account And that's for like one week, if you deposit $700 and they don't know why, then they assume you make more income or whatever, like they, they scare you. I feel like I felt scared when we did our refinance. So I'm just, I'm putting that on her, but so she had just been told like no big purchases, we're running all the numbers to make sure you can get approved for this. And then she gets a notification on her phone that says, thank you so much for your doTERRA purchase. It'll be delivered within blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I didn't make a doTERRA purchase. Yeah. So she logs into her account and there's a purchase. And so she calls, and I have, it. I might have it somewhere. I don't remember how much it was exactly. It wasn't for a ton because it was like to fill a hole, basically. Two separate purchases, a $12 lemon essential oil, followed by a $17 order of two toothpastes. So she gets this notification twice. Thank you for your purchase. Thank you. So she's like at work trying to log into doTERRA on her phone, thinking her account's been hacked. Because mind you, when you're a wellness advocate, you've provided your social security number. So then she logs in and it's not her normal credit card, but the last, and this is just horrible. The last four digits were the same as the last four digits of her work card. It's her boss's card that she only uses for work. So she has this, as my brain would do this too, panic moment of like, did I like sleep purchase? Did I use my work card to buy doTERRA? I'm going to get fired, right? So she just escalates real quickly. But again, that's how my brain works too. So she calls them and she's like, Hey, there's a purchase. I think your system's been hacked. Can you check this for me? And the customer service rep is like, Yeah, let me look at it. Okay, we do show a purchase and I can tell you how much it was. And they logged into your account to use it. And she's like, Well, it wasn't me. I didn't. What do you mean they logged into my account? So then she's like, And she's a very thorough person who I think uses different passwords for like, that or it's like well if they know my password for this account then they know the password for my bank i have used the same password for things and pass like if you hack if you hack one you hack all that's scary so she's like can can you give me more info so finally i think she had to talk to a couple people but they end up pulling it up and they're like okay let me yes it's a it's like a mastercard ending in these four digits and her work card was a visa or something like that where she's like okay it wasn't me and they say oh here's the billing and shipping address and they read it off And it is my triple diamond, triple platinum upline billing and shipping to him in Pleasant Grove, Utah. So she calls me. And at this point, Andrew and I are not selling anything. We are not buying anything. We're waiting for instructions on what to do. So I'm making zero money for my time. Obviously, I wasn't making a ton of money for my time, but it's a thing you think about. So of course, I'm going to field this call from my friend, but like, I'm not... Getting paid to help her, but we're going to work through it. So, so we look it up and yeah, it's our upline. So, I send an email and you know, I've been back and forth at this point for like just so much ridiculousness with bullying and gaslighting, and they're not going to give me permission to do whatever. She was like, What should I do next? I said, I'm going to send an email, but first, will you do me a favor and Facebook message T and say, Hey, I just got a notification about a doTERRA order and I didn't place it. Do you know anything about that? And just leave it open-ended and see what she says. So yeah, exactly. So she sends this and mind you T separately at this point, this frontline of mine had also had COVID had been out of work and T because she knew I wasn't doing the business was reaching out directly to my people below me. And doing the same thing to them she'd been doing to me. So this girl had been contacted by her like three times in the past month about other stuff. Like, hey, do you want to place an order? hey, can I send you a free frankincense if you place an order? Hey, do you want to host a class? And she was like, I have COVID. And I'm, no, I am I am Zoom schooling a middle school, an elementary school boy with COVID. No. But I was like, since she's already talking to you, why don't you send her a message? So she sends this message and goes, hey, sorry, I missed your class tonight. I did get a random text today, though, saying that my order shipped. I logged in thinking it was a glitch or something, but it shows two orders placed on my account. Do you happen to know anything about that? One was placed a few days ago. One was placed today. I was confused, thinking I accidentally placed another order. Any ideas? And T goes, yes, no worries. Our upline placed a few small orders on your account, shipping to him on his credit card for end of month May. Oh, so mind you, it's like June 14th and June 15th. So not only did they place orders, but then they had a corporate staff backdate them to the end of May. So it would count for May commissions. That was the other sketchy part of this. What? Yeah, yeah. the order was like June 14th and then it got backdated because my frontline has a screenshot that says June 14th and another screenshot from two days later when they ran payroll that says this order was placed May 31st. Like We have all of the documentation.
0: Mm -hmm. But you have to wait 12 months to get out of the upline.
1: Yep. So T says, it will create the power of $350 bonus for you. We've been filling up accounts under you to help you out in the team above you. Danielle has taken a step back from the biz, which drives me nuts. She always spelled it capital B-I-Z. And I'm like, you type everything else, type out the word business. It's fine. From the biz since early 2021. And we're trying to help till we can figure out next steps. Let's set a time to talk and I will explain in detail. So Admission of guilt. Yeah. So I sent all of that to compliance and my email title was compliance issues, question mark, possible fraud, question mark, tax liabilities, question mark. And I put in doTERRA's VP of sales, the head of legal, because I now had his contact info, my account manager, and then my triple, whatever they are, platinum, upline, diamond person, because I had his email address from when I went to their prog retreat. I said, hey, gentlemen, sorry to CC everyone, but I want to make sure I get to the correct person ASAP. Can I get on the phone with someone to talk through this? I received this text message from one of my front lines yesterday, and she was absolutely panicked. She's a single mom who worked herself to the bone to get where she is today, et cetera, refinance. I put the screenshot of her account and orders. And then I said, I pulled up my account after she texted me, and sure enough, my $250 May bonus is now showing up as active, which I didn't earn in May. Oh, and then. I said, I said, I filled her in. Oh, there we go. On my decision to resign my account. And thankfully I'd already reached out to her, letting her know I'd like to connect about doTERRA. So she knew something was up and she was comfortable reaching out to me. She's going to cash out rewards points, go inactive, and then request a sponsor change later when I've re-signed up because obviously this has like turned her off towards everything. And I said, I also advised her to reach out to T to see if she had any idea what was going on since customer service was unable to give any information other than that someone had called her live chatted in to place an order on her account here's their conversation and I screenshotted and I said how is this happening how is my upline placing orders on wellness Advocates accounts without their permission without their login information and without the last four digits of their social security numbers to validate their accounts does this upline person know that this is being done in his name I believe that making someone money without their permission constitutes tax fraud at the least this is beyond unethical and immoral This is why my doTERRA business is floundering. How am I supposed to build a thriving, successful team when I spend all of my available time and energy doing damage control for the unethical, manipulative, and shifty actions of my uplines? What can we do to get me and my people out of this team as quickly as possible? There is an exception to every rule. I believe me and my team need to be considered for some sort of exception because this can't keep happening. So then after that, Andrew and I had like two phone calls with legal 90 minutes long. I ended up sobbing while they gaslit me for allegedly intentionally breaking cross-recruiting protocols. I resigned, was told I could come back in 12 months. And then this frontline of mine was taking screenshots. She logs into my account. And when someone resigns, that spot's supposed to go dead. So something J and T and the person above them had asked me was, hey, if you're going to quit, can you at least sign over your account to someone else? They wanted to put a placeholder in there so they could keep making money off of my people. And I was like, no, because if there's a live person in my old spot, you're going to keep harassing my friends and family. And at this point, I was like, maybe I don't come back to this business. I have personally, I think I told you, Roberta, I looked up. It says I have personally enrolled 297 people. It's probably more like 375 Because the way doTERRA works, there are people who you give up enrollership of, blah, blah, blah. I had 520-something people in my downline, and a vast majority of them I had personally helped sign up. Whether I met them, you know, my mom's friend hosts a class, she's not doing the business, I personally met them and enrolled them. So, like, I feel heavy, heavy moral obligation for these people.
0: Oh, my God. Like, you find the fraud, you let them know about it, you CC everybody involved in it. To the top of the company. And then what? They just wait until you break a tiny rule, screenshot Mm -hmm. it, send it in, and terminate you indefinitely forever as retribution for you trying to call out their scam
1: you broke this tiny rule and I'm like, here's the email where your employee told me that I could do step by step what I'm doing I didn't memorize the handbook that's why I ran it by him does he know the handbook because he gets paid to know the handbook maybe you should retrain your employees I mean and I have that all in writing I just I want people to know the stuff that goes on in the back end because it's such a tendency to think like maybe I can I'll sit out I'll try a different team like I can create a positive culture but like you cannot fix poison, like from the middle. It's like being in middle management at a crappy. It does not matter how great you are as a manager. If you report to someone else and they are unethical, you will be trapped either like listening to their unethical business or engage or engaging in them yourself. Like there is no other option unless you are fully autonomous and we're sold this lie that you're autonomous in MLM and you're not doTERRA owns doTERRA. I own nothing. They can terminate me at the drop of a half. They could terminate me for quote cross recruiting and choose to forgive T for bullying, gaslighting and tax fraud, which is what on that phone call they told me, well, we've decided to give her a second chance. And I was like, well, what about my second chance? But I don't want to give me one. Um, no, you're the too wealthy. I have too many words i definitely have too many words and then the last like big thing they did when i i was like f all this i'm resigning and they're like can you will you at least sign this paper to let us put someone else in your spot and i said nope so when i resigned i filled out their little it's called a voluntary termination form and i sent it in like in the like there's a little spot to like why are you resigning and I was like, see repeated attempts to address bullying, gaslighting, tax fraud, and unethical business practices. And I emailed it to compliance. And I said, to be clear, I want to put in writing that I do not give permission to have another wellness advocate take over my spot. You know, And it's supposed to be dead because I was a gold, dead for 12 months. So in 12 months, they could come back to doTERRA and slide a new person in, but not until then. And so I was thinking, okay, that's enough time that hopefully she'll lose interest in the people below me, it's a better use of her time and energy to go just build a whole nother leg than to try to keep this afloat without being able to actually make the normal bonuses off of it. So that was my way of trying to protect my friends and family who still, because I don't want to fill them in on all of it. They want to they order a peppermint oil every month because it smells good and relieves their stress in a global pandemic. I don't want to like add to all that. Well, what ended up happening is my frontline who screenshots things is like, I'm going to log into my account and see what's going on. Like you said, you resigned. Let me see if you still show up above me. And she logs in and she clicks the, the, called a graphical tree and a detailed genealogy. And she goes, (gasps) and I said, what? And she goes, you're not here anymore, but T's husband is in your spot. Oh, snap. We have screenshots of that too, Roberta. There is a clear doTERRA policy, one account per household. That's why all these mega multi-million earners put both their names on it so that for tax purposes and stuff it's in in both their names and business name under no circumstances should that ever be and her daughter was put somewhere else in my account and then she was personally reaching out to others in my downline and going hey since you're taking a break from ordering do you mind signing over your account so i can put someone new there like multiple friends and i was like No, you jerk. Let them order their 50 bucks a month of oils and leave them alone. Like they don't owe you anything. But yeah, I mean, at least four of my downlines, she tried to get them to sign over accounts so she could put her daughter... Her daughter has a membership ID number that is older than my mom's, but she was showing up, which means they've used this account as a placeholder, deactivated it, reactivated it, and moved it, deactivated That's it. I mean, so that's what that, I mean, all that stuff. Yeah. So wow. I, I brought that up on a call with my second call with compliance and legal department heads together. And they were like, well, the reason, and then they approved, when I. Actually, what I ended up doing, Roberta, is being like, F it, I changed my mind, I want my spot back. And they were like, after like three hours of phone calls, they were like, I thought you were never coming back. And I was like, my business, my choice. Isn't that what you said? Like, I want my spot back. And they were like, oh, it sounded like you weren't open to that. I was like, nope, hundred percent open. Just slide it on back and it'll be my spot. And they were like, well, do you agree to keep building and to not? I was like, yep, mm-hmm. I'll do the same thing I was planning to do before I left. Just give me my spot back. So they gave me my spot back and then I stopped ordering everything. And I just left it there so they'd leave my people alone. So that's actually, oh time but, um, but before that, I was like, explain to me how her husband is in my spot and I can't be in my spot and they're like well we can't prove it's her husband and I was like their last name is like a super unique German last name and his first name is like a super unique German first name I've never heard it before let alone the combo and they both live in Lake Nona Florida and they're married to each other on their Facebook profiles which is public here screenshot screenshot screen well we don't really know anything about so that I think that's the only reason they put me back is because I brought that up and I was like you're gonna have more issues this way then if you just sweep it under the rug and put me back and they are like, fine, fine, fine. And so now everything's that, that was, it was fine. And then I just stopped ordering and, but I haven't formally closed out my account because I know that even though I would have had a 12 month sit out period, the second I deactivate my account, someone in corporate can break a rule and slide them in because wow. if you're presidential diamond or above, you can break all the rules. And there are more rules I know about that they break that I learned about in this process.
0: Wow. I mean, this is incredible. And I think some sort of government overseeing agency should be given all of this information. Just what see what they is? think.
1: Just see. Just pass it on.
0: Maybe they can write doTERRA a letter or
1: something. A little warning. A well, little heads up.
0: Oh, man. I love that you brought the receipts. That is incredible. And yeah. she's going to share some of them. So uh, on that Instagram post, yes. you'll be able to swipe and see some of these screenshots that literally prove everything she has shared today. Wow. Wow, Danielle, uh, incredible! Thank you so much for sharing this. And I know that it took us a little time to talk, but you were able to sort of process a little bit better and be more prepared for this chat. Thank you. Yeah,
1: it was perfect. Thank you for having me. And yeah, it gave me time to actually plan and prep and gas hose everyone in the listening audience with literally all the receipts. So, oh my god, thank I'm so you, excited. Andrew. You're welcome. Uh huh. Let's do some rapid fire questions. You ready?
0: Yes. What is one word that encompasses how you feel about MLMs? Criminal. Woo! Give me a warning to somebody who wants to join one. Opt out. What is the worst MLM in your opinion?
1: It's got to be Amway because they are the OG with funding all of the loopholes in the legislation. It's, the yeah.
0: Right? Like none of this would even be like even allowed if it wasn't for that kind of stuff. The hardest lesson that you learned while you were in MLM? Ooh.
1: <laughs> Well, if I talked to you six months ago, it would have been like, trust no one. I think it was actually that anyone is capable of like using psychology to manipulate people, including myself, which is scary to think about because, again, even though seven – seven steps. We covered seven, like in the back of your head, every conversation, it's like, oh, I like this cool chick, Roberta. Let's be friends. And my brain's going, ooh, she's female. Ooh, she's the correct age. She has not money. Like you're always posturing for the hope and possibility that you'll join my business and being out of it. I still run my own business. I train personal training clients, but we work for 60 minutes and then we stop. And if we text separately, it's because we're checking in and we're friends and we're sharing plant pictures. But yeah, so that I think that was that was hard for me realizing how deeply I had been pulled into this toxic cycle thinking like, I've done all this therapy, like I know the red flags, I didn't know any of the red flags, I didn't see any of them. So I guess, yeah, that was the hardest thing, like learning that not not that you should never let your guard down, but that wolf in sheep's clothing, I I don't like having to look for bad and things that should be good. But we do need to just kind of listen to our guts and and be aware of that.
0: Ah, Beautiful. Give me a positive takeaway from the experience.
1: I made so many friends. Like I truly, truly fostered some relationships with people who were acquaintances, but I wouldn't have, I'm, I'm a introvert. I know it doesn't sound like it, but I really am but I made so many friends who I wouldn't have proactively reached out to if it weren't to invite them to a class or an event, whether they bought anything or not. I do really feel like I cared more about people than about sales, but I wouldn't have taken that first step. So I have like a really wonderful support network. um, And a lot of them I met through doTERRA in spite of the people of us. So that's been lovely.
0: I love that. And I'm glad that I get to be your friend now too. And for anybody that listened to this and was like, oh my God, i want to be your friends with Danielle. Where can we find you on social media so that we can follow along?
1: Perfect. I have a private Instagram that I keep private because my kids are on it. And so my public facing one is mostly lifting stuff. If you guys want me to sprinkle in more plants though, I can start right now. Plants are on the private but since I don't buy oils anymore, we got a lot of houseplants happening. Um, but it's uh, it's Pixie Lifter, P I X I E L I F T E R. I started powerlifting this year. Me and Nick Anderson been having some chats about our new powerlifting journeys. So I that love it. Where you can find me. Yes. Oh my gosh! Thank you so much, Danielle, for being so
0: vulnerable and sharing all of this and all the tax fraud and all the screenshots and all the receipts. Fucking loved it. Come at me, bro. Okay, so apparently after Danielle and I got off of our chat, she remembered a few things and she sent me an email and it had some juicy stuff and I wanted to include it here. So she starts off by saying that her husband was apparently listening on the other side of the door while we recorded and that he told her that she had forgotten to mention a couple things that she had learned during all of her digging And uh, so I wanted to read that here. She says, per the doTERRA wellness advocate agreement, we weren't allowed to sell via Amazon or other sellers like that, only via the doTERRA website or direct to consumer. However, the rules change once someone becomes a presidential diamond. Apparently, and this is allegedly because Danielle hasn't seen it herself, but she does have this from a very reliable source who was on personal Zoom calls with the top 1% of doTERRA, that there is a different set of rules for the presidential diamonds. For one, they're allowed an ungodly buy-in amount each month, and they are allowed to resell via Amazon and eBay, etc. So she continues, Not only were my uplines buying in on multiple accounts every month, they were able to turn around and resell that product at retail price on Amazon. Whereas if I had tried to sell doTERRA products on Amazon... I would have been reported and shut down. So if people think that the comp plan is fair and everyone works the same amount, the rules literally change once you're in the top 1% of the company. Also my presidential diamond uplines had that full online course that was purportedly supposed to teach us exactly how to become both successful and replicable duplicate, duplicate, duplicate. But as it turns out, they pay people in a call center in the Philippines to recruit for them that's why they have such a robust international team. They pay call centers to pitch their business and then use that volume to build a bunch of other folks to ranks. Please name one stay-at-home mom or normal, hard-working, everyday American who has the resources to pay to build an MLM business internationally using call centers. I'll wait. Also, while I was going back and forth with doTERRA trying to get compliance to explain to me why my upline's husband had taken over my spot. doTERRA assigned multiple staff, at least two to three compliance personnel based on what my members told me. And they personally called and emailed my downline and told them that I was being investigated for failing to comply with company policy, a bold faced lie. They never retracted their statements against me. And so they intentionally tried to ruin my reputation with my friends and my family. It is wild re-remembering all of this ridiculousness. Wow. Thank you, Danielle, for that update and those extra bits of information. I, I mean, I'm just completely floored. This episode floored me. The story she has, the fact that like this exists and like <laughs> they make excuses. It's just like, how is this not a scam? People in high places that can help. I hope you're listening. I just don't get how this is not a pyramid scheme. (laughs) Anyway, we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And follow us on social media at Life After MLM Podcast and my advocacy at The Real Roberta Blevins. You can find all of the links to the social accounts in our show notes. And if you just listened to that incredible story and you thought, Oh my God, I have a story just like that, that needs to be told. Hit me up. The real Roberta at gmail.com. I would love to have you on the show to share your story and start your journey in life after MLM. See you next time, Hans. <laughs>